You're listening to the New City Church Podcast. These episodes are recorded live on Gadigal land. Sometimes the audio quality might not be perfect because what you're listening to is a conversation. We don't edit out the chatter and we think that's what makes it authentic. Wherever you're tuning in from, we hope you find this episode encouraging. I love this community too. (laughs) Um, But actually, one of the things that I did during my holidays was um, went down to the south coast and uh, to the southern highlands, actually. And on the way back, uh, I went with my girlfriend, Bron, and we, like, went back and literally had to stop at every op shop that we passed on the way. So, yeah, got these goodies. Look how fresh they are. And this shirt which I put in with some dark jeans, which I assumed had been washed before because they were from an op shop. But now they're just a funky little, yeah. But you wouldn't even know. Would you have known if I hadn't told you? Thanks so much. More offending than the socks and undies comment from earlier. (laughs) Um, Hello to those who are online as well. Nice to see you. Uh, I like to do this thing where I do stand-up comedy from the front, (laughs) apparently. Happy New Year. Um, I thought I would just start with a little bit of maybe like five to ten minute reflection and then wanted to offer you the space to do some reflecting uh, and sharing amongst yourselves and sharing with the community if you would like to as we uh, start a new year together. And um, I wanted to reflect on the really beautiful theme of grace, which we find in the Bible, which is this fresh start, this newness, this um, space to just kind of pause to stop uh, and uh, find anew ourselves and, you know, in communities. So, um, yeah, it's, it's one of the most beautiful things. I think I – do you have the PowerPoint or – Oh, maybe I should have checked this beforehand. Uh, I have two PowerPoints that I'm using, so that's kind of uh, essential, and I uploaded them beforehand but did not check. So, okay, a question for you all while we go and figure out this technicality. Um, what's, uh, what's one thing that you are going to leave behind from 2022? No, what's one thing you're going to bring into 2023? That's better. We'll, we'll do the leave behind later. What's one thing you're going to bring into 2023? Gil. All right, who reckons that in their group, in their discussion, they had one of the best answers? Okay, I've got one from there. Um, Got a very clear winner at the back here, which is Brenda. (laughs) All righty, what is it? Okay, Lindsay. Um, No, I, I thought Brenda's answer was pretty great. But I think for mine, I'd like to continue to challenge myself to be integrated in my body. Um, In 2022, I did a bunch of things that pushed myself out of my comfort zone, like jumping out of plane with my nephew, um, trekking in Nepal, and doing this crazy training for my work. And so I want to keep doing that moving forward. But Brenda's answer is pretty great. Brenda wants to be the last stronghold to not update your computer. Is that correct? (laughs) So, Brenda will continue to be using Windows 7. (laughs) It's amazing, right? 
What Windows version are we up to right now? 11. Well done, Brenda. Does anyone know how to install Windows onto a computer? Because you will need to be helping Brenda because I'm not doing it. <laughs> this is, church is also tech support, just so you know. Um, any other answers that you're wanting to share? Yep, great. Love this. I like a bit of an achievable anti-goal with my New Year's resolution. So this last year it was more impulse buying. This year it's um, more Instagram. I want to use Instagram more. Um, previously I had posted like maybe five, ten years ago. So it's not going to be hard to achieve that one. In fact, I've already achieved it. So I would achieve my New Year's resolution. <laughs> Um, I have followed you because I knew this was your new year, so I've added you, so I'm on the journey too. Do you want to put your handle out there or? <laughs> I'm Wally the Pirate. Anyone's welcome to follow me. <laughs> and also, um, I, my, main, my main thing I'm doing at the moment is posting um, ethical life admin highlight stories. Um, <laughs> so if you have some ethical life admin that you're meaning to get done this year, you should follow me on Instagram and we can like New Year's goal together. Amazing. Love this. Um, anyone else want to dine to share something? There will be space later as well. Um, all right, cool. You'll have, you'll have a chance later. Uh, shout out to the wonderful Thomas for sorting that out for me. Thank you so much. Woohoo! Woo -woo -woo. Um, yeah, so the beautiful reveal that I was going to do earlier that now you've like had so much of a build up to, so now better fulfill all your expectations is a new year and a fresh start, God's rhythm of grace. Um, one of the most beautiful things that I think exists, at least in my opinion, is um, the gift of grace. Uh, a free, fresh start, uh, kind of like a, a reset button, a washing, a refreshment, an opportunity to kind of start again, wherever that foundation is. Um, you know, to be going through a game and you took the, you chose the wrong options on the interactions and you've ended up in a really weird back tunnel and you just want to go, okay, it's hard to get my way back. I just need to reset a little bit. Um, not, not to be confused with like, that's a bad analogy because that's kind of like an erasure. But so it's not an erasure of what has come before, but um, like this opportunity to put down the heaviness of what we're carrying uh, and to kind of be freed because uh, God says, I will take that. Uh, and we get the opportunity in response to kind of take away the judgment, that heaviness that we have, um, and figure out what are we going to do next, that fresh start, that washing, that renewal. Uh, it's a, pace, a space to kind of stop, to put down, or maybe it's about embracing with more love or kindness, uh, to reset and to start again. Uh, and I have titled this this year, uh, th this sermon, A New Year and a Fresh Start, God's Rhythm of Grace, because uh, I think that God does instill rhythms of grace into our world. Every 60 seconds is a new minute. Uh, every 60 minutes is a new hour. Every 24 hours is a new day. Every seven days is a new week. How's my maths? Um, every four to five weeks is a new month. And then every 12 months is a new year, uh, which is where we are now. Happy New Year, New City Church. Uh, but I think that the, the, the new year in our culture uh, is presented as an opportunity to 
stop, to reflect, to put aside or to embrace with kindness and compassion and more mindfully start again or intentionally start again, uh, to set some intentions, to get out of that day-to-day rhythm, to maybe break a cycle and more proactively think about what are my priorities, what means most to me. Um, We hear these same themes in uh, some of the New Testament letters um, when the the New Testament Christians are reflecting on what God has done in Jesus. And so I wanted to just highlight a few verses that I found that reflect this theme, but you can kind of go looking for it and find it in a lot of places. Um, And those are in the letters of Titus, Ephesians, and Galatians. So Titus 2, 11 to 13 says, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, and in the present age to live lives that are self-controlled, upright, and godly, while we wait for the blessed hope and the manifestation of the glory of our great God and Saviour Jesus. Uh, In Ephesians, we get something similar. Ephesians 2, 8 to 10 and 5, 1 to 2. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. For we are her workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Uh, And in Galatians, very similarly, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Live by the Spirit, I say, and do not gratify the desires of the ego. And here are some listings. Fornication, impurity, licentiousness, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, anger, quarrels, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and things like this. By contrast, the fruit of the Spirit is love, It's joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against such things. We're given this free gift of God's grace. And in those passages, we hear it described uh, among some big words and maybe some heavy words um, for some people in those passages, just acknowledging that. Uh, But it's described as freedom. It's described as liberation. It's described as salvation. Um, And I wanted to highlight just two ways that I think we can reflect on God's grace and then this invitation on how we respond to God's grace, uh, which I think is instilled into this rhythm of a new year that we find ourselves in right now. Um, Firstly, it's the freedom from the things that we might believe about ourselves the negative narrative or those internal thought patterns that we have. Uh, I'm just going to, like, it's the first reflection of the year and I'm just hitting you hard here, heads up. Um, But if you've hung around me long enough, you'll probably hear me start to talk about schema therapy. Has anyone encountered schema therapy? Okay. Yeah, great. A few friends in the room. Good to know. Um, But, yeah, if you've been along, kind of around me long enough, Um, there'll come a time where I start banging on about like how schema therapy really cracked open a bunch of healing for me. 
Um, it was like this, uh, quite an influential uh, psychology framework, a uh, therapeutic framework that just really helped me. Um, doing schema therapy with my psych just kind of tapped into something. Uh, I want to give you a summary. Uh, again, go gently. Uh, there are 18 schemas or life traps, um, which you can Google. I'm going to highlight a handful of them in a moment. Uh, and they are these narratives that we form early on in our lives, depending on what's happened in your childhood, which will follow us around for the rest of our lives, essentially. And they kind of just sit there in the background, influencing the way that we behave. They're just there as narratives and kind of, yeah, they're there. Um, again, I'm going to give a bit of a content warning. I'm going to name five of them, we're going to read them, we're going to talk about them, but like they're designed to like really hit you in the gut because you feel very seen and exposed. So um, go gently, please leave the room, please get up and get a, some water if you need to, go for a walk um, and please come and chat to me afterwards because like maybe you're like, whoa, I think that's me. Um, so I've listed five of them. Uh, abandonment, the belief and expectation that others will leave that others are unreliable, that relationships are fragile, that loss is inevitable, and that you will ultimately wind up alone. Some people walk around this, with this narrative that they have. Uh, defectiveness. Some people think they have the belief that you are flawed, damaged, or unlovable, and you will thereby be rejected. Uh, the third one, self-sacrifice. This one's mine or one of mine, uh, the belief that you should voluntarily give up your own needs for the sake of others and usually to a point which is excessive. Uh, next one is approval seeking. So the sense that approval or attention or recognition are far more important than genuine self-expression and being true to oneself. And another one is unrelenting standards. So it's a belief that you have that you need to be the best, always striving for, for perfection or to avoid mistakes. There are 13 other schemas. These are just five that I've chosen. Um, but what I've found is that these life traps uh, are kind of self-fulfilling prophecies. And the way they show up is really harmful to ourselves and to others. And the way that emotions work in our brain is that when you experience something in the present, you feel an emotion, your brain in that moment will go into your history to gather data and say, when I felt this emotion before, what happened next? And what it will uh, think in that moment is what's the things that have happened in the past are going to happen again now in the present when I experience this emotion. So we can kind of go through our lives uh, kind of with these narratives or with these ex expectations of what has happened in the past will happen in the present. And it can kind of just be a self-fulfilling prophecy in that way. Is that kind of making sense? Am I landing that? Okay, I've explained that okay. And that is why mindfulness for me is one of my absolutely favorite spiritual practices because I learned that I could build the skills to start watching and observing what my brain was doing in those moments of emotion, going back and expecting the same thing to happen, uh, and what my first gut reaction to respond 
uh, in that emotion was I could start to actually watch that and say to myself, okay, I understand this, I understand why my first reaction is this, but it doesn't have to be that way again. And I have actually have the opportunity to do differently. It was space to stop, reflect, to put aside and kind of embrace with compassion, I'm doing this and I know why and that's okay, and then to act mindfully. I think God's grace is these ever-present and infinite moments where we can stop and find a more foundational narrative about ourselves, one which can transform our lives and literally set us on a different direction, moment by moment, instilling this newness and change that we kind of sang about before, that falling of rain, that newness that comes. These are the moments that we get. This is the grace. Um, And grace tells us... um, Uh, in those infinite moments that we can discover that we are as inherently valuable as anybody else. That's a foundational narrative that we get given by God in grace. Um, Before you do or say anything else, you have full dignity, as well as after everything that you've said and done, you have full dignity. Grace tells us that You are also worthy of flourishing, of joy, of fullness of life, and worthy of that as anyone else before you've said or done anything. And then as well as after you've said and done all the things, your inherent birthright is dignity and worthiness. That is the thing that we get to discover in that moment where we stop and pause and take a moment. This is who I am. I don't have to think that thing about myself or believe that thing about myself. Before and after and during everything about you, you are loved and you belong. Grace is the space that God gives us to stop, to reflect, to put aside maybe a shameful or harmful narrative and then to begin afresh. It is, as it was described, liberation, freedom, lightness, salvation. That's the first point I wanted to highlight about grace. The second one is not as big, but maybe it is, but not as long. The second point I wanted to highlight, I think grace is a liberation from the things that we've done to hurt other people or the planet or other life. We don't get to, as I said before, erase that. We can't just kind of delete it. Um, We don't get to relinquish the consequences or the responsibility, um, but often we're carrying heaviness around that. We're carrying shame or carrying negative judgment about ourselves. Why didn't I just do that thing? I had the chance to do that thing or, oh, I've gone and done and whatever. Or I've actually just discovered that, like, this product I've been buying for so long hurts the planet or something like that. We get a chance to stop to put aside and to do differently. That is grace. Um, When we find these foundational things about ourselves, uh, we see that there is a response and the response is to do differently. Like that last point is actually really essential. It's part of the the passages that we've read. Uh, Our response to grace is actually to embrace God's life in our life. Uh, The words that Titus uses... Whoop. 
Oh, is it not the next one? Oh, yeah. For, um, yeah, sorry, I actually didn't put these in. The words that Titus uses, thank you for searching back for those, is to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live lives that are self-controlled, upright, and godly. The things that aren't godly, the things that aren't part of the divine life, put them aside. Ephesians says to be imitators of God. We don't need to find them, but you can. Um, To walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. And Galatians has a pretty kind of strict set of things. Do not gratify the desires of the ego and lists them. By contrast, the fruit of the spirit is love, it's joy, it's peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The movement of God, as we sang about earlier, is newness and goodness. It is doing something different and soft in contrast to the ego, which can be described as sinfulness or worldly passions, things which break down and harm ourselves, those around us, other life, people, animals, um, planet. And God offers us a fresh start. Not so we can just breathe out and continue on as usual, but so we can actually take that moment to embrace God's divine life and qualities in our own life and to intentionally act a little more aligned with goodness. So those are my two points of reflection as we find ourselves in this moment of the year where we kind of get to stop and pause and break a cycle and think about Uh, what do I need to acknowledge and be mindful of and how might I act differently or be more intentional? Uh, Maybe it's reducing plastic or uh, using sustainable cleaning products, spending more time in reflection by the ocean or in nature. Uh, Maybe it's about setting new boundaries or showing generosity in a new way. Uh, The new year is this natural rhythm which instills God's free gift of a fresh start Uh, We're given that today and every day, but uh, I wanted to invite you to reflect on how are you going to be embracing God's life in your life this year, Um, and you can take that as a moment of like kind of to yourself in quietness, or you might like to chat to the people around you. Uh, I might give you like a minute with some music in the background, and I'm about to put some music on, Um, and I've put some prompting questions up. Feel free to go off script. Um, But just take this moment to be mindful and present and think, uh, where are you at? And, um, yeah, feel free to go with these questions or go with your own. I'll come back in a minute and say you can start sharing. Um, So feel free to take that time as you want to. Um, Yeah, I'm just going to put on some music so we're not awkwardly waiting in the background. Mm, Yeah, you're welcome. Um, are there any like reflections or anything that you'd like to share in community that came out of that? We'd love to hear some of the things that um, you're reflecting on or what, what came out in discussions. We'd love to hear. Thanks. That's courageous. Um, one thing just to answer the third question, uh, what, what do you want to embrace? God's life in my life this year. I think for me, I think what we're called to do is to try to love 
others and also love ourselves. But uh, uh, I had an uh, incident, say today, really small, where uh, I was in the sh shopping center and then someone was sort of trying to, I walk quite slowly and I think people can't understand how someone who looks sort of maybe uh, able-bodied walks quite slowly. But anyway, uh, so she was trying to, what's that? Sydney, yeah, that's right. And so she was trying to uh, uh, sort of bump into me with her trolley and I tried to smile at her, and but she didn't smile back and she was quite cold. And then I was kind of walking away and then kind of my first reaction was just to go up to her and say, you know, you don't understand and all this and what's your problem? And then as I was walking away, I, I remembered uh, something I read that um, actually the Buddha said, he said, if there was someone who was, you know, having a sermon or speech and then someone was getting up and, and accosting him and saying, you know what you're saying is rubbish and stuff like that. And then people in the congregation were saying, you sit down. And anyway, he, he addressed that person and he said to him, um, if someone gives you a present and you don't take it, who does it belong to? And he said, it belongs to, it still belongs to me. And so I said, I sort of thought about that with, with her, with the trolley, and I sort of said, you know, if she's trying to give me this rude expression, I don't have to take it. But also what I can do and something I'm learning to do is to, uh, you know, like there's people that I don't get along in, in my boarding house with. And what I try to do, especially with them and also with this woman, is to try to, sorry, this is a long answer, is to try to um, genuinely wish them, you know, even though they don't, don't, they don't know that I'm doing this, wish them or pray for them to have a, a loving and beautiful and fulfilling and peaceful life. Um, you know, I can still do that even if I don't talk with them or even if we don't get along. I can still do that. And so as I was leaving her, I said, Walter, you know, you can wish that for her. You can pray for her because you don't know what she's been through in that day or in the rest of her life for her to have that response to you. So um, I think that's how I would answer that third question, to try to do more of that uh, in my life. To to try and love others and, and myself. Thanks. That's really beautiful and reflective. Thank you for sharing. Hmm. Anyone else have anything that they might share with our community? Things that you're thinking? Oh, thanks. Um, I'm not entirely sure how to phrase this, so if it doesn't make sense, I apologize. But uh, I was kind of talking about how I often get stuck in the trap of thinking about um, really good habits and patterns to get into, like mindfulness and um, wanting to be more reflective and uh, kind of give myself more time to rest in God and um, hear what whatever it is that um, I need to hear. And I kind of get in this habit where um, I'm still thinking about those things in a way where it's like I need to do these things because I want to get, like I want to be better. And uh, particularly with the idea of rest, um, that was something like, Going into this year, I wanted to be having um, more 
kind of intentional moments of rest, but I still have this idea of, oh, I'm learning to rest better because right now I don't know how to rest and that makes me a worse person now and I want to get better at that. And I still end up like it's not truly just letting myself rest and have grace. And I don't know how to not do that. So I don't know what my year will bring me knowledge-wise, but um, yeah, that's my Yeah, these things don't really happen overnight, do they? Yeah, they're kind of a, a lifelong journey to finding that. But yeah, I hope it's uh, it's a good year for you, restful year. Hmm. Thanks for sharing. John wants to share something. Um, this has just been really refreshing. Um, thank you for leading this. Um, I think often when I read that first question, what narratives does God grace? let me leave behind, my immediate reaction is um, God just wants me to burn down capitalism and particularly neoliberal capitalism, which tells me that, you know, my worth is in my monetary value or whatever I put my time into and if I'm not doing it, and that's kind of my gut thing. But I think what I'm realizing so much is that actually what's driving so much of that narrative is this um, insidious individualism, which I buy into, uh, this idea that actually I need to get ahead and I need to be the one and I need to do it on my own and I need to be the one who's standing up. And um, and I think uh, the further I get into reflecting on God's grace, the more I just get slammed that actually it's not about me. Um, it was never about me. And that is not a bad thing. That's a liberating thing. Um, and um, so I think all those things about burning down capitalism are true, but it's not for me to do myself or for my own sake. And it's for me to do in community. Um, so I think that's what I'm reflecting on at the moment. Like I want to, as a community, convince ourselves that our value is in our dignity as human beings. And I want to, as a community, um, as God is Father, Son, Holy Spirit, like it's that constantly self-giving love that builds it up. So I don't know, that, that's, there's, I don't know, there's something in that that I'm just reflecting on that it can't be something that I just do myself this year. It has to be something that I do with this group of people um, as I commit to 2023 for, for me to see God's grace. You can't experience God's grace on your own in its fullest extent, I think. Yeah, thanks for sharing. And really letting it go is very difficult those things that hang around and like really, truly saying, yep, okay, I've really put that aside now and just resting in nothing, God's grace, ground zero, here I am, before I do anything or say anything, you know, yeah. Any other reflections from the community? This has been a really beautiful time of sharing. Anyone else want to offer something they were pondering or talking about? Thanks so much for sharing. Um, we're going to move into a, a tradition, a long-standing tradition of uh, Christianity and the church, um, a tradition that reminds us of who we are and who we're called to be, um, and that's communion or the Lord's Supper, which you may have seen at the back there. 
I think it reminds us of this beautiful theme of grace um, because it is open to everyone. We're all equal here. Um, and you don't have to do anything or say anything to be part of it. You can have done anything and said anything and be part of it. It is open to everyone. Um, and it also offers us this beautiful opportunity to uh, confess our sins in community, which I think is something that we've tried to do a little bit gently here because, um, you know, the confession of sins maybe has been used in a way maybe unhelpfully for some of us. I know it has been for me. Um, and it's just kind of like, you know, repentance has been something that which has been used quite harmfully against me. Um, but to confess our sins in community and actually share our downfalls and to say I'm imperfect and I've failed uh, and to do that with each other publicly uh, and then to publicly receive grace and belonging and love in the midst of whatever is happening for you, I think is actually quite a beautiful part of our tradition. Um, so uh, in some ways, this is a liturgy of fresh starts. So that's why we're going to do it together. Um, I thought it might be nice as we move into reading this and then uh, sharing in communion for uh, a few people to read some of the slides. Uh, we're going to read through a liturgy. Um, are there some people who might be comfortable to do that? Maybe like a handful of people. Sammy, is there anyone else here who might be comfortable to do that? Beth, thank you. Um, yeah, great. A couple of others. Amazing. One more. Great. Okay. Uh, I'm going to kick us off and then I'm going to try and go around here and then I'll finish this off. So that's the way we'll move through this. And just double checking we have that PowerPoint. Amazing. Okay. So uh, actually just the first slide, I just wanted to acknowledge this is a liturgy that I found from infleshed.com and they ask us to share that um, when we use it. And it's a communion called uh, God Calls Us. Community of saints, beloveds of God, we are invited to come and gather at the table of love and liberation, to feast on the dreams of God, to be nourished by but a taste of what God desires to do among us. God calls us from institutional halls of power, from shelters and the streets. God calls us from classrooms and pulpits, gay bars and prison cells. God calls us as we are, from wherever we are, to come and be in solidarity with Christ, who lives and loves on the margins. God whispers, come and live abundantly, turning from all that claims blessings flow from money, power or control. Come and love relentlessly, following Christ on paths of uncertainty, taking risks for one another, calling down unjust power from its throne and lifting up the lowly, the impoverished, the burdened. To answer the call of Christ is to find ourselves, no matter our social location, choosing to align ourselves with the causes of the marginalized, the oppressed, the outcast, and the isolated, with the faith that together, we might enflesh new possibilities of healing, of connection, of freedom from all that destroys. When these are the desires of our hearts, we open ourselves to God. 
gracious one, we struggle with spirits of fear and greed that tempt us away from your original plan for us. We excuse ourselves from responsibilities to our neighbours. We struggle to believe we have anything to offer to the whole. And at times, we knowingly do harm to others for the sake of our own gain. You know our struggles, O oh God, and so you sent us Jesus. Blessed are those, Jesus said, who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And so let us come to the table expectant, eager, open to tasting the rich blessings of heaven, born from unexpected places and people and experiences. In this meal, we remember the life, death and resurrection of the one who still takes on flesh among us today. On the night he would be arrested, Jesus gathered his friends and companions. In the midst of a tense and dangerous time, they found each other at table, connecting over the story of God enfleshed among them. As they did so, Jesus took bread, gave thanks to God, broke the bread and shared it with his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he also took the cup, gave thanks to God and shared it with his disciples, saying, Drink from this, all of you. This is the cup of the new covenant. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so we pray. Come, Holy Spirit, breath of God, renewer of life. Settle on these gifts and all who gather here that we might be transformed in our remembrance of your radical love, your eternal embrace, and your grace that makes all things new. For the sake of our shared lives, the life of this land on which we live, and the lives of those yet to come, nourish us and renew our hope that soon Christ may rise again among us. Uh, you will find uh, some cordial and water at the back, bread and gluten-free options, and I invite you to uh, go up and share in this meal uh, as you would like. 